with a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for Week 13 across the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday nighter. And he's got his sandwich game lined up. I got a money line, Matty, pick in my pocket. And here he is. It's my main man. From Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator, Attridge. How you doing, pal? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Matty. If I were to sum up last week in... A nutshell, I would say it was the week of the backup quarterback. Uh, you saw Mike White for the Jets, played really well against, ooh, Trevor Simeon and your Bears. Keep in mind, that could have been Nate Peterman uh, for your Bears. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Skylar Thompson got a shot under center in Miami after Tua got the team off to a 30 to nothing lead. They almost choked that one away, though. They almost choked. They almost had to throw two back in. Um, and Sam Darnold started for the Panthers. Kyler Allen started for the Texans. Bryce Perkins started for the Rams. And Jordan Love came in for an injured Aaron Rodgers. And he damn near came back on the Eagles. Yeah, that would have been sweet seeing Love do the comeback. And then maybe they decide Rodgers is going to sit on the bench for the rest of the year. Because that would have been that would have been the ammunition that management needed to justify that kind of move on an I, NFL legend. I think he played well enough for that to happen anyway. In fact, I noticed that the line had dropped to three and a half against the Bears, and I'm wondering if that's because Jordan Jordan Love is playing. It's just one game. Yeah, and they're expecting, or it's probable that Fields might start. This really bothers me. I like if I'm the Bears, I've already seen now that he's awesome. And I know our season is shite. There's no playoffs this year. So I would be like, look, take however much time. Like, if you don't play the rest of the season, who gives a shit? Well, I guess so. I mean, you don't want to be throwing in the towel. At, well, I guess it's December now. but We're, We sold an entire defense away. What yeah. the fuck? They, they threw in the towel. Yeah, we just right. needed to see what Fields could do. We added a decent piece, I think, once Claypool gets up and running and the offense gets a little better. The offensive line, if you actually look at them, their PFF grading has uh, gone up every single week. And I think starting next year, one or two more pieces added. Like, this could be a really good team. You get a guy that blows out his shoulder and you fuck it up for his career. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's so short-sighted. So short-sighted. No, I, I agree. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but... That does not make sense! The, at least you want to have the optics of trying to win. Now, I'll tell you, that doesn't make a lick of sense! Deshaun Watson's coming back to the NFL this week. Uh, he didn't play last week, but, uh, you know, he's coming back from, you know, just a teeny little bit of trouble. Here's a little of what he was in for, was uh, 22 claims of sexual harassment and sexual assault. Suspended for the first 11 games, fined 5 million bucks, and uh, he was reinstated November 28th, and uh, he was added to the 53-man roster, but he had a lot of downtime. So Andy, of course, hit up those air miles, went wheels up, went to Cleveland, and he found out the top five things Deshaun Watson has been doing during his suspension. Number five. Helping out Herschel Walker on his campaign trail in Georgia. This direction is about the people. Ah, ha, 
help! He's got a boner! Number four. He and Bill Cosby opened up an underground lab to produce a strain of roofies that are untraceable with current technology. Now you will get ready for the Zim Zam and the Babbity Bibbity, and you will take off your clothes like voo and voom and get ready for the most splendiferous pudding pop you have ever seen. Number three. Spent three hours a day training with a method actor to come across as less rapey. Look at me. Jerking off in the shower. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. Number two. Spend four hours a day in intense therapy to come to terms with the fact that he's now playing with the Cleveland Browns. Why? 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 <laughs> and now, the number one. Working hard on behalf of his favorite charity, Epstein Island. The ship set ground on the shore with these satanic pedophiles With Bill Kidd and Fritz Andrew Some billionaires and their wives The movie stars and the rest Lost here on Epstein's Island All right, Andy, let's fire it up. Yeah, man, let's fire it up. Oh, Cincinnati. Yes, the Bengals are at home this week. They are two-point underdogs against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs. 52.5 is your total. Uh, the Bengals have been pretty good against the spread this year. 8-3. and three. Uh, Kansas City, 4-6-1. and one. This is a pretty small spread compared to what Kansas City normally has to go through. Well, it is the, the rematch. Uh, from the FC Championship game last year. And we all remember uh, Casey kind of shot the bed in the second half and allowed the Bengals to walk through and Evan McPherson to kick a late uh, late field goal to win the whole kit and caboodle. So this is going to be a juicy revenge game. Um, you know, obviously what's changed is that Tyreek Hill is no longer on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but they do it. They found a, little, uh, a new little weapon in the backfield, Isaiah Pacquiao. Uh, welcome sight, uh, rookie running back who's been able to take off some of the pressure from Mahomes. Carried the ball 22 times last week uh, for 69 yards against the Rams. Along with Travis Kelsey, they have Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scanling, and Sky Moore, all getting involved in the passing game. And they rank first in scoring, passing yards, and yards per play. Yeah, these both these teams are scoring lots of points. Um, over their last few games as well. I mean, uh, Kansas City, 26 points, 30 points, 27 points. Uh, the Bengals, 20 points against a stingy Titans defense. Uh, 37 points against a defense like Pittsburgh's that was playing well. And uh, uh, Carolina, 42 points the Bengals scored. So um, this is definitely, I like the over on this game. And I think two points is uh, a pretty appropriate spread because... Oh, man, it's really hard if both these teams show up. This is going to be a banger of a game, and it's going to be really hard to pick who's going to win. I like the home team here, though, just because, well, 
I like to give it to the home team. It's cold weather, although Casey is used to playing in cold weather. But hey, man, you got to travel to Ohio. That's got to be worth a couple points for Cincy. I think so. I mean, the, the Cincy's won three in a row and five of their last six. And they've been doing so without Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And both these guys look like they're going to be back in the lineup this week. Um, you know, Burrow, let's call it, effectively managed the game uh, in Nashville, taking what the Tennessee defense gave him, completed 22 of 37 for 270 and a score. But with Mixon out, Samaje P. Ryan has really stepped up to the plate. Uh, 35 receiving yards and a touchdown against Miami. T. Higgins has become Burrow's number one target with back-to-back 100-yard games. Uh, Bengals third in scoring offense, fourth in passing yards, second in time of possession. Now, really, the key to them winning, like you predicted, is shutting down Travis Kelce. So, as a former defensive back, what would you do, Matthew, to slow down number 87? Well, let me tell you, first of all, I wouldn't have a weak-ass little defensive back like me on him constantly. Uh, Really what it takes is anytime Travis Kelsey wants to release from the line, he's got to get hit. So you got to chuck him at the line which will help to like totally disrupt any sort of timing thing they might have. Like if it's a three step drop and you give them a good shot, chances are you've disrupted that pattern. Next thing I would do is have a, then you've got your guy that's man up on them, but then you've got to have some sort of spy. You've got to have a safety that's back there playing like the deep two or whatever you're going to play and being able to see, okay, that's Kelsey and whomever else. Now they got a lot of weapons, but as a safety play in back, you should be able to read the situation and know when you kind of got to jump up on Kelsey and when not. I, I, don't, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't even know if you – would you put a linebacker on him against the line of scrimmage or uh, just a DB? So it'd be levels for me. Anything uh, – so somebody be chucking him, whether that's like a D end or an outside buck. And then I would have either that same outside backer or the maybe an inside that's covering him underneath but if he starts going up a linebacker is not going to be able to keep up with kelsey after let's say 15 20 yards there's only a handful of linebackers in the league that'd be able to be step for step that's where that safety has to recognize that kelsey's getting separation and if that's the logical place for the pass to go then you've got to cheat that way the only way you don't cheat that way is if you've got a deep route with a speed guy going down the sideline yeah i I think the only way that you're going to shut them down is by putting him down. And obviously that means that, uh, you know, something else is open on the other side of the field, but that's just what you have to do with a guy like that. Well, your corners have to make plays. Like if you're going to shut that kind of game down, which I agree with you because that's the security blanket. If you take away a quarterback security blanket, they start becoming erratic. So I, I agree. Let the corners do their jobs and hopefully, you know, they're not making pass interference uh, or defensive holding, uh, mistakes and they're forcing the, like I mean some receivers just make circus catches you can't do shit about it no but if you're there step for step you will frustrate them well let's keep in mind that in the month of November the Chiefs went to overtime to beat the Titans and that was without Tannehill they beat the Jags they beat the beaten up Chargers by just a field goal and most recently beat the Rams without Stafford and I'm not saying like you can only play what's in front of you 
but they weren't the most spectacular of wins. I think they got a really good chance here. Uh, the Bengals that is uh, at home. So um, I will, I will agree with you and I'm going to take the two points and I'm going to take the Bengals at home. Yep, this is good. It's a tough one, man. Three and one at home. The Bengals are Kansas City, though, four and one away. But I think if the Bengals uh, play some good D and their offense keeps playing the way they are, they should be able to win. And I'm going to take them outright. They're my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is. Cincinnati by 200 points. Why, you worthless hunk of junk. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Bang, bang, Niner guy. Up next to the Bay Area we go, and this is Andy's account. No bigger Niners fan do I know. Uh, the Niners are four-point favorites and uh, playing like juggernauts lately. But Miami's coming to town. And, uh, well, when two is in there, they're playing like juggernauts as well. So this should be a great one to watch in the 4 o'clock time slot. Uh, 46.5 is your total. I think that's a little low, eh? Oh, take off, eh? <laughs> no, and I'll tell you why in a second. Well, tell me why, Andy. <laughs> well, let's go back to the fact that this is very reminiscent of Super Bowl nineteen. It featured a young Dolphins quarterback named Dan Marino. Dan Marino should die of gonorrhea and rot in hell. Against a slightly more seasoned Joe Montana. I'm looking at the man. You know, I'm looking at God. <laughs> Joe Montana. A lot of parallels in this game, but the moral of the story is that you have two teams who are leading their respective divisions. Both have been playing lights out in November. Miami is doing it with offense, and the 49ers are doing it with their D. Dolphins 8-0 when Tua starts and finishes a game. Now, despite scoring 30 points last week, neither Waddle nor Tyreek Hill pulled in a TD pass, meaning that they have many weapons available, just like whom? The San Francisco 49ers. Now, Mike McDaniel confirmed to reporters that starting left tackle Teron Armstead and right tackle Austin Jackson are in danger of missing Sunday's game. Well, hey, dude, Armstead. I was gonna I was gonna ask you about that because Armstead, especially, I I'd be very concerned because he's still listed as doubtful. Yeah, well, he, he was he got injured in the game last week against the Texans, and following that, Tua was sacked four times in three consecutive series. Okay, and the protection breakdown was so bad that McDaniel ended up pulling Tua. It wasn't just because they had a big lead and they wanted to keep him healthy. Um, oh, no, he got rocked a few times. Well, yeah, there was that one play where it looked like his spine was bent in three different directions. Um, but this is going to be one hell of a game, mentor versus protege. Uh, but it comes down to this. If Miami's starting offensive tackles aren't in the lineup, it's a huge downgrade, and he's not going to be able to get the ball downfield uh, to the Wonder Twins there. And so I don't think 46 and a half is an unbelievable number when you consider the 49ers defense it's going to make for a long day for Tua if those guys aren't in the lineup and right now I'm going to assume that they're not and I'm going to I'm going to lay the points with 49ers yeah the Niners uh they haven't allowed more than 16 points in their last uh four games I, mean, I think they allowed 16 to the Chargers 
and they still won the game. Uh, I think Tua is going to be a big challenge for the San Francisco, um, the San Francisco defense. And I think this is going to be a tight game. So I expect San Fran to win, but this could come down to Robbie Gold kicking a field goal here. So I, I'm going to pick the Miami Dolphins to cover that spread. Yeah, no, it's possible. I know it hurts your feelings, Andy, but... No, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Oh, Muffin, it's so, so hard sad. being... I still think they're going to win. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine as long as they win. I just, You know, the line started at three and a half, and it went up, and I think it went up because of those... Uh, expected injuries on the line, but you know, we'll only, we'll only know at game time. I kind of feel like San Francisco, this is like one of the kind of games that they just shit the bet on. Kyle Shanahan against his protege, he's, he's gonna stop on that guy's neck till he bleeds. I'm gonna take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Welcome to Atlanta, home of them dirty birds. Anybody hating get kicked to the curb. Any other team is absurd. Wearing black, white, silver. Red is for the blood. No one's scared of getting dirty because we came from the mud. And we All right, we head to Atlanta where the Falcons are one-point underdogs against the visiting Pittsburgh Steelers. 42 is your game total here. And uh, one thing I find interesting is the Steelers, I didn't expect much from this year, like no-name quarterback and not a lot, like a lot of guys retired or left. But they've been playing really well other than the Battle of Philadelphia where they got blown out 35-13. But they've been doing it with defense. Um, do you think Atlanta's got what it takes here to pull one out at home? Well, we saw the Steelers play on Monday night. okay, And when that was a pretty close game against the Colts. Next week, they host the Black and Blue Bowl against Baltimore at home. Making this... It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. Only a couple days ago, saw this line with Atlanta being the favorite at one and a half. So what's changed since? Well, Pittsburgh's already on a shortened week, having played against the Colts on Monday. But that was a game that saw Najee Harris suffer an oblique injury. And right now he's listening as questionable. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him sit out or at least have a reduced role this week. Keep in mind, this is a non-conference road game for the Steelers, meaning that in the entire schedule, this is your throwaway game when it comes down to tie breaks and whatnot. Atlanta, 160 rushing yards per game. That's good for fourth in the NFL. 155 passing yards per game. That ranks 31st, which is second last. Sorry to say this, Maddie, only ahead of your Chicago Bears. Pittsburgh ranks 30th in the NFL in pass defense, and they allow 164 yards per game through the air. Atlanta is built around its rushing attack, but the Falcons are going to likely need Marcus Mariota to take advantage of that Steelers' weakness. Look for Drake London. And Kyle Pitts to have a good day. And also, Kaderil Patterson should be good for a few receptions. I would invite players from both teams to go down to Ashford Dunwoody Road to Alon's and order the roasted lamb. The success of this sandwich starts with the country French bread made in-house. Between the bread, perfectly rosy slices of lamb, reminiscent of garlic, coupled beautifully with sweet red onion marmalade, a flavor combination that should be as classic as lamb and mint jelly. Take the Falcons. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. 
All right, Sunday night, we head to Big D, where Dallas is 10 and a half point favorites against the Indianapolis Colts. 44 and a half is your total here, and that's absolutely crazy. Double digit spread in a sub 45 total. But the Cowboys, they're, well, first of all, their defense is just smothering. We saw what they did to Kirk Cousins and his clan. You like that? And pretty much everybody else they've been facing this year. But their offense is, is pretty damn explosive, too. So this might be appropriate. Yeah, I mean, the, the total doesn't surprise me when you consider that Indy ranks 30th in the NFL with just 15.8 points a game. Uh, but the Colts are going to have to find a way to kickstart their offense early if they're going to keep pace with the Cowboys. Considering how dominant Dallas has been defending the past, limiting an opponent's uh, quarterbacks to a league-low 178 passing yards per game while recording a league-high 45 sacks. So the Colts are going to have to diversify their attack. And I think that means another leading role for Jonathan Taylor. They're going to have to put their focus on the ground attack. And <laughs> if they do that, then it becomes one-dimensional. And against the Cowboys front seven, that could get ugly early. Absolutely. And if, you know, the problem is that can happen with the Cowboys defense. You know, if the offense scores a couple quick ones, you know, you're at the five-minute mark of the first quarter. And you're already, you know, passing 80% of the time because you just can't afford to be trying to get two yards a play. Look, this one's tough. Ten, I, there's a hook on that 10 as well. Well, it was nine and a half yesterday. Yeah. I, so you know. What changed? Yeah. Well, the money going on to. Well, uh so, but when you see a change like that over a key number, you might figure it's got something to do with an injury or. I, I don't know. I really yeah. Don't. I couldn't. I couldn't find anything though when I was uh, no, researching I, I the game. I haven't seen anything yet either. So that's <laughs> just purely better belief, I guess, and that would be sharp money. Spread, right? It's still a big spread. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's it's prime time. It's in Dallas. Mike McCarthy, he can win it, but let's just say he'll he'll probably make some bad timing decisions and shit. Big Mike McCarthy is looking kind of barfy because he's choking on a big fourth down. Uh, let's let's say Indy covers it. Let's say there's a backdoor cover by the Colts. And finally, we head to Tampa Bay for the Monday Nighter, where uh, Tom Brady and crew sit as three-and-a-half-point favorites against the New Orleans Saints. 40's your total for this team, and um, let's just say I'm not super thrilled about this Monday Nighter. It's a little underwhelming. It is a divisional game. Um, these are two teams that came up really short last week. The Bucs lost to the Browns in overtime in Cleveland. The Saints failed to put up one point against my 49ers last week. In fact, that's the first time they've been shut out since 2001. And in fairness to them, they held a pretty potent 49ers offense to only 13 points, which is pretty impressive. But Kamara, Mark Ingram, and quarterback slash tight end Taysom Hill combined to run the ball 
17 times for 36 yards. And that's going to have to improve against Tampa Bay, which I expected because the Bucs struggled to stop the run this year. They've been getting up over 123 yards per game on the ground. And in fact, they just gave up 189 to the Browns, uh, 5.6 yards per carry in that game. And I think I think the Bucks' offense looked a little better than it should have as well because Cleveland's defense isn't what it used to be uh, even a season ago. They they don't apply that same pressure. They're not as crushing. Uh, whereas I I I love what the Saints did against San Francisco defensively. I mean, if you hold a team to thirteen points, especially a team with that many weapons, yeah, uh, you should have a chance at winning that game. But unfortunately, they scored zero points. And with those names you mentioned, I don't know how you muster zero. But that's, I guess, against a stifling San Francisco defense. Now they're going against the Buccaneers. I think this game's and this game's going to be closer than. I think Tampa Bay fans really want to admit, and both these teams are shit against the spread. Tampa Bay three seven and one, uh, New Orleans four and eight. They both even have shit records home and away. Like Tampa Bay is only five hundred at home. New Orleans one and four away. Well, if you'll remember, around this time last year, uh, Tampa Bay was cruising and looked like one of the top Super Bowl contenders in the NFC at least. Uh, the New Orleans New Orleans came to town and won nine to nothing. Nothing spectacular. That was week fifteen on a Sunday night. They pulled up a massive upset as a eleven and a half point road underdog, and that was the Saints' seventh consecutive win during the regular season against the Bucks. And in fact, the fourth in a row with Brady under center. And New Orleans has held Tampa Bay to twenty points or less in three of their past four meetings. Uh, and in two of those games, uh, held the Bucks uh, three points or less. But keep in mind, those were the days of Sean Payton and Bruce Arians, and now we have Dennis Allen and Todd Bowles. But I'm liking, I'm like, I'm liking the Saints to cover this one. I just don't trust the Bucks anywhere at home, on the road, on the moon. Doesn't matter. Uh, three and a half is too much for a divisional game against a team that can play pretty good defense in New Orleans. I think that Tom Brady is going to get embarrassed on Monday night, so I'm taking the Saints to win on the money line. That's a bonus. Money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! All right, now we head to the teaser segment of our program where we give you a little six-point teaser we like for the weekend. Andy, you first. What are you digging? Well, the first leg of the teaser, we're going to go to SoFi Stadium in the City of Angels where the defending Super Bowl champs, Los Angeles Rams, play a quote-unquote home game against division rival Seattle. Stafford is still in concussion protocol, so we're going to likely see Bryce Perkins again. Last week in Kansas City, he threw for 100 yards on 13 completions with one touchdown and two picks. Now, the all-pro, all-world defensive tackle Aaron Donald will be missing his first game ever due to injury. Tank job. Uh, But let's take the shithawks all the way from seven down to one. Pete Carroll is not the type to take his foot off the gas in a divisional game. So look for them to get separation on the scoreboard early and often. In the second leg of my teaser... I want to take Houston from plus seven to plus 13. 
Deshaun Watson will likely be making his first appearance, and very coincidentally, against his old team, the Texans. Make no mistake, this is the Texans' Super Bowl. I expect him to both start and finish this game. We know that he always finishes strong. I don't see him relying too much on their passing game, as his arm motion may be a little rusty. Instead, he will be handing off a lot to Chubb. Houston's defense will be able to get some premature pressure on him in the pocket. After the 60-minute session, I see the Browns waving their white towel in surrender and the Texans to have a happy ending. Remember, kids, there is no I in team, but there are two in registered massage therapist and none in sexual assault. Well, I got a Moneyline Maddie teaser special for you this weekend. So first off, I picked uh, Kansas City to win on the Moneyline. They're two-point underdogs at home against the visiting Kansas City Chiefs. I like taking Cincinnati to plus eight, going through the key numbers of three and seven. And then, of course, Monday night, I've got the Saints winning on the money line as well. So I want to take them from plus three and a half to plus nine and a half. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to week 13 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. Just a programming note as well. There will not be an episode next week as I will be on vacation in Mexico, and I don't work when I'm on vacation. Uh, You can hit us up on our website, Almost Wise Guys, though, for additional content and picks from all week 13 games across the NFL. You know what? I'll even send my picks to Andy, so we'll give you the picks next week, though. How about that from the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the prognosticator Attridge back at almost wise guys central I'm Matty Buller get out and pick yourself a winner if you liked our podcast please share it with a friend if you hated it please share it with two enemies tune in two weeks from now at the same bet time on the same bet channel sayonara just sit right back and hear the fail, the fail of the deep state prick. Who started with the CIA as a Jew with an ancient dick. The mate was a mighty predator, the skipper knew the cure. Five pedophiles said silver day for free island tour, free Epstein Island tour. The weather started getting rough, the pedal ship was tossed. Caught by the courage of the Porter Security, Epstein would be lost. Jeffrey Epstein paid the cost. The ship set ground on the shore with these satanic pedophiles. With Villacate and Prince Andrew. Some billionaires and their wives. The movie stars and the rest. Lost here on Epstein's eye.